We talk a lot about driving in general on this show, uh, mostly truck driving, but we are four-wheelers, and so it begs the question, uh, who's in a hurry? Maria, you speeder? I try not to be, but I have been a speeder. You have <gasps> been a speeder. So no. you're, you're guilty? Like you've been to traffic court, you've been booked, like this whole thing, or? <laughs> well, you know, not exactly, but I have been pulled over, and the only times I've ever been pulled over were for speeding. So. <laughs> oh, hi, my name's Maria. Hi, Maria, and I'm a speeder. That's what I'm. That's what I'm but envisioning see, right I've now. I've only ever had like one speeding ticket. I've been pulled over multiple times, but I've only had one speeding ticket. So I've gotten out of it. So do you, you have do? a story yeah, about getting out of it? Because I know, listen, I have a sister, an older sister, who if I would have grown up listening to her, it would have been burst into tears every time you see the cherries and berries in your in your rearview mirror. And uh, <laughs> let's face they don't buy that from a bearded gentleman like myself. See, tears don't do it for me. I tried it. I didn't do it on purpose. I actually was crying because I got pulled over. I was fresh <laughs> in a car for the first time. And I'm like, my mom's never going to trust me again, right? But um, no, I was speeding down my little country road and uh, I didn't see the cop didn't realize I was speeding so bad but I was genuinely on the phone with my dad he had a friend pass away and I was listening to him I was zoned out right so um my story is that it sounds like I made it up but I did not the cop pulls me over he's really pissed he's like do you know that you were speeding I'm like no I did not know he's like no you did know and he's yelling at me we're having a really weird interaction and I just immediately you know I'm like my dad was on the phone with me and his friend died and he stops and he just looks oh at me oh my gosh and I was like it sounds made up, but it's really real. I promise it's real. And he's, <laughs> he's like, okay, okay, calm down. Let me see your license and registration. And it was the longest 10 minutes of my life, but I did not get the ticket. How old were you? Yeah, that, that's a good question. Um, I was like 24. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, Caleb, and I, listen, I'm, I understand male privilege, okay? But I feel like this is a, this is a category where females are privileged because I've been pinched as you might guess, just by my personality, yes, I am a speeder. I, I need to get where I'm going. Um, in my delivery career, when I was driving my own vehicle, it was every minute of the day that I wasn't home was a waste of my own free time because I was a commissioned employee, right? So get there. And every time, there's been one cop one time that I got pulled over way back when I was a freshman in college, and he let me go, and he said, you're being very polite and honest with me today, and I like that. Wow. Every oh. other cop has taken polite and honest, wrinkled it up into a ball, and thrown it into the highway while they write me a ticket. <laughs> uh, because what's, that's... What's the fastest you've gone, Marcus? Well, believe it or not, so my mom's Chevy Trailblazer governs out at 120, but that's a completely different story. I <laughs> Okay. <laughs> as far as my own vehicle and my own money uh, riding on it, that time that the cop let me go, I was doing 87 and a 65. Whoa. And he's like, you're being polite and honest with me. Understand I could impound your car if I wanted to but you're Jeez. you're a good kid so head on out um and i honestly because of that i've always been very polite and honest with cops it just doesn't work with all of them it's like a yeah. one in five thing so it's true i don't even Makes think sense. i was going 10 over when i got my <laughs> oh, okay so do i'm the i speed do i speed is that what you just asked marcus i'm just hoping um, that one day we're gonna find something that surprises us about about you and and maybe this is it I am not a speeder. Um, I've been told I drive like a grandpa, actually. And if that surprises any of you that's listening, it shouldn't if you've listened to other podcasts. 
But <laughs> yeah, I'd rather get grandpa. Maybe five over if I'm really in a hurry. But I, if I'm going 10 over, man, somebody had to die or something because I do not do that. Did you know the fastest the fastest speeding ticket I ever caught was 242 miles per hour, though? Man. Like, can you imagine how much that I feel like you'd feel that, that in your costs? guts. Yeah, you feel that in your guts. Yeah, especially when you run yeah. into something. That's got to be like drug smuggling, right? Like you're, you've got to be <laughs> on the hook for way more than just 242 at that point. It was in some Swedish sports car. And I think I saw it like cost like $650,000 as a speeding ticket. So it's a little hefty fine. That was so not worth it. Well, I could argue <laughs> that it was. Listen to stories from the road. This is Unplugged. OTR on the 104 network. What's up everybody? Welcome into Unplugged OTR. Thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. I am your host Marcus and joining me as always, tattooed talkative and totally out of your league. What's up Maria? What's up Marcus? Thanks for the compliment. I appreciate it. And also on the microphone, you'll find him cruising along at five miles an hour over the speed limit in the right lane. Hey, Caleb. <laughs> hey, Marcus. I am a daredevil. Watch out for me, folks. <laughs> and we have a new feature on the program today. Uh, it's called 60 Seconds with Caleb. So take it away. Mm, 60 Seconds with Caleb. Isn't that magnificent? If 60 Seconds is where it caps out at, then yes, Caleb, I think it's absolutely magnificent. <laughs> Well, good. Just listen in, folks, then, because earlier this fall, the FMCSA signaled that it would move forward with a ruling that would require speed-limiting devices on commercial vehicles. Today, we're talking about that. The target date for this to come into effect, June 30th, 2023. Since this change in trucking has been introduced in 2016, drivers, owners, and even four-wheelers have shown their opposition towards this controversial rule. If the FMCSA is truly doing this to keep the roads safer, maybe they should do some more research because as the owner-operator Independent Drivers Association has done research stating that frequency of interactions with other vehicles increases by 227% when traveling 10 miles per hour below the speed of traffic. The FMCSA has not noted what the limit could be. However, 68, 65, and 60 miles per hour have all been discussed. This raises the question too, should four-wheelers have limits and 18-wheelers too? I mean, they are the ones driving recklessly on the road for the most part. This has been 60 Magnificent Seconds with your host, Caleb. Right on time, too. Hit the post on that. I love it. And that's what we're talking about today on Unplugged OTR, the speed limiter mandate or the possibility of one. If you have thoughts, share them with us. Say hi dot chat slash OTR. Leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear what you think. For sure. And I know that's a lot of information to take in, but all you really know is the FMCSA is making it impossible for Smokey and the Bandit to happen in real life today. So I take it you've seen Smokey and the Bandit, Caleb. Yes. Oh my gosh. So my uncle, that's his favorite movie. He knows every single line from the movie. And I started watching it uh, when I started working in the trucking industry. And I love it, Maria. For somebody that maybe hasn't seen it in a decade plus, could you sum up the plot for me real quick, Maria? Absolutely. It's like my favorite movie. It's definitely top two for me. 
So we have a handsome young fella, Bandit, and he is asked to transport Coors beer across state lines in 1977. And for those of you that don't know, it was illegal. So he is doing this in a fashion where he's having to be sneaky about it. He has a buddy who he's having drive the truck for him. They go pick up the beer. He's driving a beautiful Trans Am, and he's trying to keep the cops off of their tail. So that's basically what the whole movie is about. They're trying to do this in a certain amount of time. I think originally they get like 28 hours to do this and then they are prompted hey if you can do it faster let's say 18 hours then we'll pay you double and in the movie it says that it's a 900 mile trip so we've got this truck driver named snowman who's played by jerry reed jerry reed's also a country musician he's fantastic um but wait 900 900 miles from atlanta to texarkana doesn't that sound a little far it can't be 900 miles it's a little far right yeah it looks like about 620 plus miles uh if we look at it now but things may have changed hmm. since then interesting yeah. map quest wasn't a thing and uh that would get you lost in a completely different way now we have you map know, google maps and <laughs> gps and everything but uh I, I'm, I'm assuming they were using some type of atlas to navigate and maybe they were just taking detours huh well and you know a thought i had too is if you're avoiding the cops and trying not to get caught Maybe you're taking back roads. Maybe you're going yeah. places that... Because in the movie, you know, you can see them driving around, but you don't really know exactly where they are geographically as far as, like... You see them on some side roads. They do take some crazy detours, dirt roads, all mm -hmm. kinds of different things. Um, but maybe that's what caused their path to be a little bit longer. It's just trying to avoid those cops. Maybe if you're trying to avoid cops, um, you should take a page out of Caleb's book and, and uh, trade in the Trans Am for a Camry and stay <laughs> in the right lane. Oh, yes, please. You know, but what about the style? Come on, Burt Reynolds doesn't drive anything but a Trans Am. Uh, are you telling me my Camry isn't stylish, Maria? Um, <laughs> I mean, I didn't you. say it. I plead the fifth. You know, I don't know if I can answer <laughs> that one. I tell you, I had a buddy that uh, had a Trans Am, and he always used to say, you got to talk sweet to it or it'll kill you. And I doubt anybody's Ooh. ever said that about a Camry. But that's just my thing. <laughs> so my question, though, is it wasn't that long of a trip then. I mean, yeah, sure, they took some back roads here and there. But if they're going a pretty high speed, why was it even like such a stretch? I don't know. And that's why like the whole movie is kind of silly in my head, knowing like the actual mileage and how much, you know, the average miles per hour they would have to go to make this trip is so low. It's silly. Like even if it was the longer amount of miles, it would just be 65 miles per hour on average to get there in that amount of time. Oh and that's not hard to do. And you can make pit stops and speed. And if he was going 96 miles per hour at one point during the movie, I don't see the <laughs> I don't see how this is all adding up here. Uh, Hollywood. Hollywood, right? Yep. <laughs> Hollywood and the suspension of disbelief. When really, if this was real world, uh, they would have showed up before the trucker banquet or whatever with all their beer and it would have gotten warm while it sat on the truck. Oh, uh, man. Hollywood. Those summer bitches. I tell you what, they're terrible. <laughs> but I still love the movie regardless and I never questioned it until this moment. Well, Bandit and Snowman don't have anything on our guest today. Now we get to talk to Gail Brodigum on Unplugged OTR. I was so lucky to meet her in person last week, and all I can say is that we are in for a treat, guys. And she drives for H&M Trucking, is a dog mom, and has decided to call me Podcast instead of my name, Caleb. So, Gail, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. What about you guys? Marcus Maria? 
doing well. I'm great. Um, I think podcast is a great nickname. All the nicknames I have for Caleb are only four letters. So I think that that <laughs> one is probably the one that we need to go with. Thank you, Marcus, for that. There you go. <laughs> and Gail, right, we're going to jump right into this, but we're talking about the speed limiter mandate today. And so I just wanted to get your feel for it. So how do you feel about the uh, speed limiter mandate? I have a lot of mixed feelings about it, starting with the fact that if you take a look in the history of interstates, let's use Ohio as an example, it used to be a 55 mile an hour speed limit. Mm -hmm. And they had constantly had rear end accidents going. When they leveled out the speed limit, there was an extreme reduction in those accidents. Okay. And having that in, nobody wants to look at that aspect of things. You know, originally they were talking about a 55 mile an hour speed limiter, which they've kind of done better at um, this one that they're looking at now. The 55 would have just been blatantly dangerous. For sure. And we would have had to have a lot more drivers just to get freight delivered. 100%. Now they're looking at possibly 60, 65, or 68. Well, at least 65 or 68, we can move with a little better situation. Even at that, most companies, if they mandate all trucks, have to have it. Then most companies aren't going to adjust the RPMs to fit the speed. So let's say you're traveling up a hill at 65 miles an hour, it's a 6% grade, with your RPMs fitting the speed ratio, you might top the hill at 40 or 45 with a good, good load on. Yeah. However, if they put a speed limiter on and they don't adjust the RPMs, now you're topping that hill at 20 or 25 with the same load. Oh my gosh. Which is where these these uh, potential accidents come in because if you're on a freeway, nobody's thinking that they're going to come up on somebody doing 20 miles an hour regardless of where you're at, right? Even if you have your flashers on, they they just people just don't realize. People in driver's training and I've never seen anything in a driver's handbook or on a driving test that asks anything about truck speeds when you're talking about people in cars. Mm -hmm. They do not understand what we are. We're big, we're bulky, we're scary, we're noisy, and they just don't understand. It's not particularly their fault. It's a lack of education on the part of our government and our state. I agree with that. I I got into the trucking industry probably about a year and a half ago, and I was one of those four-wheelers that was just totally uneducated, and I was always frustrated with a truck going slower than I was, and I didn't realize that they were limited even. Um, and some companies yeah. limit, you know, maybe 65, 68 already, but if everybody's limited like that and the public isn't educated about why that's the case then more accidents and more frustrated four-wheelers is just bound to happen. Oh, and, and a lot more backups. Yes. A lot more backups. It's bad enough now when I get see two Swift trucks passing each other. <laughs> oh, no. One mile an hour difference in speed. <laughs> yeah. And they're trying to pass each other and they back everything up, you know, and the loss of power is, is one of my biggest 
mm-hmm. issues, not just on a, a hill, okay, but also on flat ground. There's been several times when I've needed to be able to boost my power to avoid a situation. Okay. And without those RPMs and the power to do that, which also in, can include a little bit more speed, I could have been in some horrendous accidents. Yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine, honestly. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't even think about that aspect of it. And I know we've talked about the negatives of it. Do you think there are any benefits for truckers with in regards to the speed limiter? No. No. Okay. No. Do you think, no. Gail, that... Do you think that there, if there is a potential speed limiter mandate that comes in on the trucks, do you think that there should also be one on four-wheelers? Oh, absolutely. But I don't think the government should have the right to tell each state how fast a vehicle can travel in its state. That's also, I believe, unconstitutional. Yeah, I agree with that statement. We are not, we, we have a mass governing by the federal government. Okay, Washington. That's the mass governing. But each state has the right to individual governing. That's why we have governors, senators, congressmen, and the White House, is so that we have the separations because we are united states. We are not a solid governed party. We need to get you out there to advocate for us, Gail. I'm telling you what, these drivers need you now more than ever. (laughs) Well, I have a lot of years out here on the road and drivers have a lot of time to think about things and see things in a slightly different light than a lot of other people. And I try to look at both sides of everything. The only thing I see happening with speed limiters is more trucks. And whether they put us at 55 or 68, when I'm running through Utah and Nevada and parts of Texas and even parts of Wyoming, the speed limit is 80. I'm able to do 75. Yeah. I can, you know, get where I'm going. Well, you put me at 65 miles an hour, and now you've said, well, you can't make as much money every day. Exactly. Copy. Isn't, like Calif- isn't California like 55 for trucks? Yes, it is. Yes, it That's is. That's crazy. They're not the only state, though. They are not the only state at 55. And you also have to remember the state of Washington is 60. Oh, wow. I think that's what okay. it is here in Oregon as well is 60. We, I, I remember seeing a lot of signs that say speed limit 65. And then under that, it says truck 60. The only place in Oregon you can um, exceed 60 miles an hour is on um, Interstate 84 to the Idaho yep. line. There's a, I don't remember exactly where the point is where it starts 65. Yeah, I'm not sure where it starts back up at 65 in Idaho, but I know in Oregon, it's right at the Dalles on Interstate 84 when you hit the Columbia Gorge. Um, I actually have to drive that route. From the Dalles to Ontario. Yeah, then. there you go. And it's yeah. it's crazy because when they what they also did, I noticed, Gail, I, I drive that route a lot going back home to see my family. And I noticed that when they raised that speed limit on that stretch of road, I also saw remarkably less police officers out there. It was almost like they were kind of like, listen, just get this part of the road behind you. Yeah, exactly. So with that being said, Gail, where would your favorite place to drive be? Because it, it does it correlate with the speed? Oh, you know, that 
I have been asked that so many times over the years. Oddly enough, I like driving parts of Texas, not the Dallas area, obviously. (laughs) But on the western side of Texas, um, I love Arizona and Nevada. I really enjoy the desert areas. But under the same token, I enjoy running Kansas and Ohio and just the open spaces, Mm -hmm. you know. I don't blame you. That's what I enjoy. Yeah, I love Kansas, too. I think Kansas is a very underrated drive um, with the Flint Hills going to the Turnpike. It's a it's a beautiful drive, and it's just an open space, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And I hear so many drivers say, oh, I hate Kansas. There's nothing out there. Well, they're not looking. Yeah. <laughs> they're not looking. And, and it's like I hear that said about Nevada, you know, and if you are looking, there is so much change constantly and the the animals the wildlife um the wild mustang and people don't even know they're wild mustang they're oh, looking crazy. at you know it's just incredible incredible wild you live in nevada right yes i do just outside of reno nevada what's got you living there my wife okay i said where do you want to live and she said nevada reno area okay is it okay? <laughs> there you it's go. Perfect. Yeah. That's an easy conversation. Those are my favorite ones to have. Gail, I hear that you are partial to the color yellow. Oh, yeah. And you and I have a little bit of a connection there. So first of all, why why yellow? What is what is it that you love about yellow? It is the brightest color in the spectrum. It is an incentive color. It's a mood-lifting color. It's a happy color. It's a feel-good color. And oddly enough, it's a warming color. I, I really needed you around uh, when I was younger, Gail, because for almost 20 years, I drove a bright yellow Ford Focus. I, I wanted to go buy a car, 0% financing all the way back in 2001. And uh, I, it was my first new vehicle purchase. I wanted a white one. They only had yellow. All my friends called me Pikachu for like the next 20 years. And, uh, it was, if I'd had you around to just explain why I got yellow, I think everybody would have shut up and left me alone because that was a great description. Uh, your truck is yellow, right? Yes, it is. And when I got this truck, I had, when I first came to H&M, I was bugging them. I wanted a yellow truck (laughs) and they used to sing yellow submarine to me. And I finally turned around and started singing sunshine on my shoulder and they stopped. I love that song by John Denver. Yes. Yes, he is actually my favorite artist, Gail. I uh, I grew up listening to him with my grandparents, and "Sunshine on My Shoulder" is my grandpa's favorite song. So that's kind of just a unique connection right there. He he's definitely in my top ten artists. Yes, he's great. So it's a yellow yeah. truck, Gail. What is the make and yeah. model of your truck? Um, it's a Volvo, the standard eight ten eight. 20, something like that. Okay. It's a Volvo. He loves Volvo. In spirit of speeds, Gail, I would like to know what your truck's sweet spot is. Uh, What do you mean by sweet spot? As far as speeds go. There's several definitions. (laughs) What do you like to cruise at? What do you like to cruise cruise at, Gail, Gail? as an owner-operator? Oh, I enjoy around 70, to be honest. That's my comfortable 70 to 75. I'm, you know, open road. If it, if it's open road, no traffic really, you know, or light traffic, seventy seventy five. If there's more traffic around, I don't want to be doing, but 
65. But my sweet spot with this truck is right about 70. Okay. Perfect. Man, that's that's great. And I guess you said H&M gave you that yellow truck after a little while. But what brought you to H&M? I had been driving for Interstate for a year. Three days after I got there, I was fed up with them. <laughs> they were nothing but problems. One of the drivers that was there said, you might want to look at this company, H&M out of Omaha, Nebraska. And I said, really? He said, yeah, I think your personality would fit there very nicely. I don't know how he knew about H&M, but I started looking at him and got my application in two days later. Wow. Man, that's incredible. Just a month later, I came to work here. And how many years have you been on H&M? 10 years, and I will never drive for anybody else. Well, congratulations on 10 years. That's wonderful. Uh, That's so a good amount of time with the company, and we get to talk to a lot of H&M drivers, and they're, they're pretty happy they made the switch, too. Oh, yeah. This, this company is amazing, and they will go out of their way to help you. Gil, would you recommend they other can... uh, drivers to become owner-operators, and, and if so, why? Right at this time, no. Okay. Okay, and why is that? Um, the re- Because of the cost of fuel, primarily. I have runs that... It actually costs me more in fuel than it does to make the run, and that's on the shortest wow. routing. My goodness. Um, the, the fuel costs are so extravagant. When the fuel and pay level out again, there's a lot of advantages. If you don't like mandatory routing or mandatory fuel stops, then owner-operator's the way to go, okay. the only way to go. Is that why you became an owner-operator then? Well, that and a lot of years behind the wheel, and I just wanted a truck. I wanted to own my own truck. Yeah. And now you got that yellow truck that Randy got you, right? Yep. Uh. Yep. (laughs) I drove it for six months as a company driver or called up and said, I want to buy it. And he said, I don't sell you used trucks. And I said, I told you when I came to work here, you get me a yellow truck, I'll drive it for six months. If I like it, I'll buy it. Wow. So he sold it to me. He kept his word. (laughs) He did. He did. He's a good man. We also mentioned uh, earlier that you are a dog mom. Tell us about who comes on the road with you. Okay, Daisy. Daisy is 10 years old. She'll be 11 in April. And she's my service dog. Um, I have PTSD and I go into horrible nightmares. And she wakes me up at the earliest stage of my nightmare. And then she cuddles and I'm able to get right back to sleep. That's awesome. She's a She's a chihuahua, and then... She sounds like an angel. Oh, she is. She's a little honey when she's not wanting to be a pill. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's Poppy, who just turned a year old, and she's my little little imp. (laughs) She likes to get into things. Um, She's starting to learn from Daisy when to wake me up or when I need extra cuddles or anything like that. Daisy's pretty well training her for me. She's also a chihuahua. They're just wonderful, wonderful companions. What's the best part about taking them on the road with you besides them, you know, keeping you from from having your nightmares and everything? Having something else to think about, you know, what are you getting into? When they get, we're stopped, they'll be getting into something and it's like, oh, what am I hearing, (laughs) you know? Those wonderful kind of distractions, the company, just 
I love animals. I love having an animal. I've always done much better when I've had an animal around. And being able to have them with me 24-7 is just the ultimate. I have a hard, fast rule in my life where I will never install security cameras that have sound with them in my home because when I am by myself... I talk to my dogs like they are <laughs> talking right back to me. me I have too. both yeah. sides of the conversation. They just sit there and look at me. And, and, and of course, you know, I think they like it. I can't tell. But if you were to watch any of that security footage from my home, you would have me committed immediately because I'm speaking to things that can't speak back to me. And I always wonder if that's something. Do you, do you talk to your dogs when you're out there on the road, just like they're people? Always. And Poppy does talk back to me. Oh. In, but if you learn the language of your dog, you'll understand what they say. Absolutely. Go. I talk to my dogs all the time. The when they talk chihuah- back. Chihuahuas will sit down, look, look you straight in the eye and lick their lips when they want something to eat or drink or a treat. Okay. They will reach over and paw at you when, when they want to be petted. So I just need to learn to speak Corgi a little bit better is what you're telling me. <laughs> and then maybe I can have better yeah. conversations. Yes, just just learn to speak Corgi. You know, when Poppy starts talking to me, it's usually, Mommy, I want to play. Last night, it's it's bedtime, and we're staying up late. Why? <laughs> Why? You know, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, they, they talk to me, and I talk right back to them. They're wonderful, they're wonderful secret keepers. <laughs> oh, are. I'm sure. I'm sure you they can, are. You can tell them anything. Oh, there she goes. Aww. She's trying to spill the beans on you right there is what she's trying yeah. to do. <laughs> no, she wants to chew on my hand. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. So you take your dogs on the road. Um, do you take any like special mementos or items from home on the road with you as well? I have two things that I, you won't find me without. My Bible and a teddy bear I've had since I was six years old. Wow. Wow. And what does that teddy bear mean to you? I don't even know if I can explain that. It was given to me at a very hard time. And his name is Amarito. He has always been there to cuddle and talk to and throw. And I don't know. He's been thrown up on. um, By you or the dogs? (laughs) Nearly every... (laughs) Me. Um. By nearly every hospital visit I've had, he's been there with me and through it. He, it's just, just an object that is very comforting, and I love dearly. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. Thank it's you. not something that, yeah, everybody would just come out and share, especially something that means that much to you. So thank you. You're welcome. And then you said your Bible too. That's that's a wonderful yes. thing to bring. Do you encourage other drivers to bring Bibles on the road if they're if they're believers? I am an ordained minister. Oh, okay. I encourage everyone to have a Bible. I'm I'm not a Bible thumper. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to bang somebody on the head and say you're wrong because you don't believe what I believe. I believe in a higher power, and to every human on the face of this earth, that's a different meaning. Yeah. We have to accept what others believe. We also are taught to help those in need in any way we can. 
And a great deal of the time, that means very simply sitting down and saying, you may not believe this is the word of God, but let me give you something to think about that might help comfort you. Yeah. Does that higher power comfort you on the road, would you say then, when you're, when you're driving? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I, I love to hear that, Gail. That's, that's awesome. On a totally different note, we always ask this question on Unplugged OTR, but do you have any just crazy stories from your time driving? Give me a clue and I'll give you a story. Oh. Give you a clue. <laughs> I like this prompt. Give me, give me a clue mm. of some kind, and I'll, I'll give you one in the category. Uh, craziest okay. truck stop story. Oh, the craziest? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's easy. There was a guy climbed out of his truck. Um, he'd been walking around the, the lot, and he, we knew he was looking for something. All of a sudden, this driver on, that was next to me, he opens up his window and he hollered something. And this guy comes up and he's got a gun in his hand. <gasps> and he's yelling, the one that had been walking around. And he's yelling and he's screaming. And the woman on the other side of him rolled her window down very quietly, leaned out with the taser, tased the guy with the gun. What? Rolled her window back up and went back in her bunk. Oh, good for her. Wow. What a hero. Wow. <laughs> you had free TV that it was night. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah, that's some good entertainment. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I've gotten free TV a lot and I've been the pill in the truck stop, but not that kind of pill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you pack any uh, any tasers or anything like that just in case stuff gets crazy? It's against the law to pack a, a gun. However, I do carry an emergency signaling device. It's okay. the same one that's carried on boats. Okay, gotcha. If you're ever out on a boat and the Coast Guard comes up, the first thing they want to know is if you have a flare device. Hmm. And that's, but it's well, an emergency signaling device. And in case of an emergency, yes, I could use it. Okay, well, enough said. Keep that, your Bible and your teddy bear. I mean, those are those are three important <laughs> things that you have on the road with you. But I feel like you said give me a prompt. So there's got to be more crazy stories. So let's say craziest accident you've ever seen on the road. The craziest accident I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, the craziest one close to that. Okay, there's a flatbed and he's turning into a truck stop. And there's a barrier that's like four and a half feet high. And this flatbed turns the corner and somehow gets the trailer up high-centered on this barrier. And this other truck coming down from the truck stop sees him and goes to turn the corner and somehow managed just to clip him and rip the side of his trailer open. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. It would either be that one or the trailer that lost his load of beer in downtown Houston. <laughs> Never to see it again, I'm sure, right? <laughs> well, no. When I got there, ATF and FBI and the state troopers were all out there with shotguns. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Um, were, wow. 
there were there were people standing around literally crying. The bottom of this trailer just totally collapsed. Unbelievable. Wow. 44 pounds of beer on the highway. That's insane. Wow. And, and FBI and all these crazy, uh, you know, institutions out there defending it. Uh, that just goes to show you how much of a yeah. party town Houston is. <laughs> Beer's important. Yeah. Beer is <laughs> so important. Yeah. That's definitely not how Smokey yeah. and the Bandit turned out. No. I'll say that. Definitely not. <laughs> oh, man. It, it was just crazy. They load beer trailers so heavy anyway. But evidently the frame on this one had had a problem and it just gave out. Man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It said, no. Talk about well, a party foul. I guess one one more crazy prompt to to finish this up, but what's the fastest you've seen either a truck or a four-wheeler or even maybe your truck go, Gail? You have to realize I started driving in 1980. Okay. And the fastest I've ever known a truck to go was a little over 120. Wow. Oh, my God. Gosh. Laws were for punks in the 80s, is what you're saying. <laughs> Forget speed limits. It it was a different world. It was a different world. Do you like it more then or now? You know, in a lot of ways now, people don't realize that logs are to protect the drivers from the companies. Okay? It used to be we ran different log books because they'd say, you need to do a 1,000 miles by tomorrow at this time and we had to do it that's all there is to it we had to do it and so it was peddled of metal you know you you just went you did it you didn't sleep you didn't eat you didn't shower you didn't do anything but drive now logs have gotten to the point where we are on these computers we're timed and companies know they can't do that to us anymore. Yes. We have to shut down and get rest. Yep. That's so positive that it's changed in that way. Showers, when I first started driving, try to find a woman shower. They didn't have co-ed showers. Man. Very, very few and far between. My first co-ed shower was actually a shower they built specifically for the women to use out of an old broom closet. Oh, they, they upgraded you to the broom closet, huh? How sweet of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was the only place they had they could do it. The showers were gym style in the men's room. Oh, no. That in gym style, you mean like a pole with like seven shower heads around it and you just get to stand there naked with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the showers were. So we didn't have showers. So it's better now because it's just everything's just kind of moved forward and it's safer and you have more facilities. You're just in general, it's a better environment for you to work in. It sounds like now. Yes. The food is worse, but oh, interesting. <laughs> oh, no. we used to have really good food out here and there's still every now and then you'll come across someplace that has good food, but you know, now it's so much fast food and everything. It's just, it's, the food is not what it used to be. You know, Caleb, and, or excuse me, podcast might have something to say about the food out there because uh, we had him <laughs> try some uh, here just a little while ago, and he went and got uh, Thanksgiving from a truck stop. I got it from the Flying J Gale um, because they're doing a new Thanksgiving dinner, and let's just say it wasn't the tastiest, but I also took a truck stop shower a couple weeks back, too, and 
yes, the showers are much nicer than it sounds like they used to be. Oh, yeah. There's some of some places I prefer not to go to shower, but some of the showers are really nice and clean and well kept. That's great. That's good. That's good to hear that it's changed over the years. And I guess to leave to leave our audience, do you have any advice for uh, truckers that just like one piece of advice you'd give them? Think every day. Just think. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're doing to others. Think about your job. Think about your load. Think about your time. Just think. I love it. Yes, that's that's great advice. And please, FMCSA, please think about what you're going to be doing to these truckers if you do approve the speed limiter mandate, because it might not be all what it's made out to be if you do. Um, Gail, I got to thank you so much on behalf of Marcus, Maria, and myself. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I feel like I learned a ton from you. Um, and thanks for giving us your take on the speed limiter mandate as well. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Give Poppy and Daisy my love. I will. Man, what a fun and unique individual Gail is. Ah, I love talking to her. So thank you again, Gail. But I tell you guys what, although speeding scares me and I'm kind of like a grandpa when it comes to driving, I've always been interested in the Audubon in Germany. You guys know what that is? Yes. Absolutely. That's a place where you you might cause a deadly wreck being afraid of speeding. <laughs> very, very true. Have you ever been out of the country or been to the Audubon by chance? No. No, I went to Canada and they just slow you down up there. Oh, those Canadians. It's probably the <laughs> moose's fault. <laughs> I've had a lot of friends and family go on the Audubon and I've actually never been out of the country, so I'm not included in that. But they always tell me the same thing. It feels so weird driving as fast as you want. Man, it's just crazy. Like, can you imagine being able to drive three three digits, like a hundred plus miles per hour? I can't imagine what that feels like. I need to know if it's true if they actually don't have a speed limit, or what is that like? Because they have to have some sort of rule, right? Yeah. Like, they can't just say drive whatever speed you want. I think the rule is get the hell out of the way. <laughs> I like that rule. Yeah, that is the rule. No, I'm kidding. Um, it really, I I looked it up though before this and. There is a rule. There's some sections that have speed limits, so it's kind of a misconception. Um, so that should be noted. But there are other sections where there is no speed limit. So that's where you can get clocking those three-digit miles per hour. I mean, do we know how many lanes the autobahn is? So it can be. It's like your interstate here in America, right? So it can be more lanes than others sometimes, but sometimes it can be like down to two lanes on each side. So it's same rules apply. Traffic stays on the right, that's slow. And then for passing and going fast is on the left. And so it's kind of crazy to think that you could have somebody going 45 miles per hour in the right lane and then somebody going 110 in the left lane. Yikes. I think the most intimidating part about this is is knowing the prevalence of, of European sports cars and how there's a lot oh, of yeah. cars over there that will easily do triple digits and way beyond of course, they're big into F1 over there. So everybody's, you know, they're driving a Lamborghini or a BMW or something. Do trucks travel on the Autobahn or is that just restricted for four wheelers only? So trucks do travel on the Autobahn. And it's, it's really interesting because the German government, and this is according to the German government's website, they recommend <laughs> a maximum speed for cars to be going about 80 miles per hour, but that's a recommendation. Obviously, that recommendation is broken a lot. But for trucks, this is where it gets crazy. According to prepass.com, semi-trucks can only go 
48 miles per hour. So that's where the big differences come in. It's an unbelievable difference, right? Like like I said, 110 maybe in the left lane, and you have to be going 48 as a semi-truck in the right lane. Just just crazy. That seems incredibly dangerous. Yes. That's what I was just going to say. They say at highway speeds, this is what they always use to get people to stop texting and driving, is at highway speeds, if you look down for, uh, for five seconds, that's enough to travel three football fields is what they say. So yeah. imagine highway wow. speeds times two. And you look down for one second and you look up and here's a, a lorry, as they might call it. Well, I guess it's Germany, so maybe not. <laughs> but here's a damn truck in the lane only doing 48. I would think that that puts truckers at a risk as well because you've got all these dudes zipping around you. And, yeah. you know, they're coming up on you so fast, they might not have time to safely maneuver. And it's crazy because trucks sometimes have to pass other trucks that are going slower than 48 miles per hour in the right lane. So let's say a truck wants to get over, but then it's only a two two lanes on each side well a car could be going 110 down the road and then there's this truck going 48 in the left lane trying to pass the truck going 45 in the right lane just seems not like the best thought out plan it seems like the accidents would be at a way higher rate there yeah i i don't know the percentage of accidents that happen on the audubon but i guess i guess it's got to be safe because they've been doing it for some time the audubon's been around since after world war ii so it's really interesting that it's still around. I guess if you guys went to Germany, are you guys going to try like going triple digits? You're going to go three digits? No, that's not my that's not my thing. No, I I mean I speed a little bit, but I'm not I'm not a three digit gal. Like that's not happening for me. I have anxiety. No, thank you. <laughs> Actually, on my bucket list, Caleb, it's written down: um, drive on the autobahn slash die in a Hollywood style car accident. So yeah, I think I'm going to go. I, I'm going to try. <laughs> that's the way you oh, want to go, Marcus. I, it's, I mean, it's crazy. one of the ways. You know, there's a few other things that sneak in there as as they would be. You know, timely and appropriate for me. But I think that uh, you know, yeah. triple digits, hauling toothpicks. Let's do it. Well, I guess your best bet in America is uh, just outside of Austin, Texas. The fastest speed limit in America is 85 miles per hour. So not too shabby. Uh, my parents have actually driven that before and they said it was crazy to be going that fast because really if it's 85, you can go 90, you know, the, the five mile per hour rule or whatever. So they went 90, but then even outside of the US, the UAE, they had the highest speed limit is 99 miles per hour. So it's not just the Audubon where you can go fast. It's other places too and even in america i guess it makes sense in texas like i think about the uae versus the size of the united states and wonder why they're trying to get around so fast over there like you don't <laughs> have that far to go just slow it down but then you get to texas yeah you get to texas and you're like guys i haven't seen a human for 250 miles like what <laughs> i True. need to do 90 out here but everything's bigger in texas so yeah, that's yeah. probably why the speed limits are bigger and it's it's crazy though because semi trucks still are limited in pretty much all parts of the world. Um, for example, like Australia, which Australia is huge, by the way. Yeah. I know maps don't make it look very big, but Australia is a continent, and it is very similar to the size of the U.S. But their speed limiters are sixty two point four miles per hour for trucks, very much lower than what our trucks travel right now in America. In India, there's a state in India that has a speed limiter for trucks of 37 miles per hour, wow. which I thought was unbelievable. And then Japan, United Kingdom, Sweden, 
Also, 56 miles per hour is their speed limiter. That's so those lorries over there, yeah. they're not going too fast. Uh, which is fine, because once again, you don't have that far to go. You get going too fast, you're just going to drive into the ocean. So settle down and, and let's <laughs> yeah. uh, let's slow it up a little bit. I, you know, yeah. with Australia, I, it's maybe a thing where they're like, listen, everything in Australia can kill you. Let's not oh, let sure. let's not let automobile accidents be another thing. And so they slowed them way yeah. down. You know, it's interesting because a lot of these countries besides Australia are a, a decently smaller than the U.S. So it makes a little bit more sense. But still, these limits seem really restrictive. But you know what? I don't feel like there should be a limit on how much research I do because I could talk about the subject all day long. Yes, there should be a limit on the amount of research that you can do. I'm thinking we cap it at two hours. I know you're not going to be happy with that at all, Caleb. <laughs> no, no. I want at least four hours, Marcus, please. <laughs> so what are a couple of other things that you guys think might need limiting? And what are maybe some things you think that have limits that don't need limits? Oh, man. I I could talk about this one also for four hours. But <laughs> the amount of organ-related items Marcus has, that needs a limit, I think. There's just too many. Oh. Uh, I feel I feel attacked I feel attacked I will I I will die on this hill I don't think Marcus has enough Oregon stuff but I will say I think I need a limiter on how many plants I can have in my house because I can barely keep myself alive sometimes and I think that's a problem I mean in all seriousness though I feel like interest rates maybe those could have a limit because they're really high right now I like that I have one that I'm I'm really adamant about this okay uh, Facebook and social media, like listening and monitoring to your phone. Oh, yeah. Um, because we talked uh, during our Black Friday episode last week about a portable urinal uh, that was on one of the trucker uh, wish lists. And guess what? I started getting advertisements for portable urinals. You guys, I don't drive more than 50 miles in a stack right now. So I don't know, <laughs> other than uh, inappropriate listening, how they knew that I was searching that. So I really it's feel those like... those cookies. Those cookies that you enable. <laughs> I know, man. And you got to enable them. Like, okay. You have there's to. A, there's another thing that needs limiting. Enough goddamn cookies. cookies. We're going to be diabetic in... <laughs> well, we're already diabetic in this country, but we don't need more sugar. Oh, I have one. The amount of times my dog turns before he shits, that needs to be limited because Max, <laughs> that he's ever done, 47 times turned around to find the right place to take a nice poop. Maybe we also limit the amount of times that you watch your dog turn 47 times to poop. That seems like you could fit some research in there and maybe kind of, you know, streamline <laughs> this whole thing, Caleb. Oh, man. Oh, the amount of Star Wars movies they make, that needs a limit, man. Those I don't got know if really I agree with that either. While. I love Star Wars. <laughs> Oh gosh, they got so bad that like the the last. I mean, honestly, the prequels and the sequels they just weren't great. If we're gonna limit a series, I say we limit the Shrek series. I hope they don't come out with another one. I love Shrek, but those movies just need to stop. I don't know about that one. You know, I, I'm I'm still just reeling from the fact that you said I have too much Oregon stuff. Out of all the things about me that we could limit, you didn't pick my mouth. You picked the no. Oregon stuff. <laughs> No, your mouth gets you in trouble, which I enjoy. So uh, <laughs> the Oregon stuff, man, if you, I'm looking at Marcus's camera right now and there is gotta be at least like 40 Oregon related items in his room right now. At least. And that's not counting, that's not counting probably the 30 plus ball caps he has that have the O of Oregon on it. Uh, the O stands for obsessed and I'm happily, I'm happy where I'm at. Okay. Um, <laughs> what about, great. what about things that don't need limiters? I, I have one that's always bugged me ever since I was a young kid. Um, I, I love golf. I've been golfing since I was 13. 
Um, you can take the limiters off the golf carts now, please. One, I'm trying to speed up the pace of play out here. And two, I paid like a hundred bucks to be here. The least you can let me do is jump a bunker. I mean, I, it's, we're all out here to have fun. There's no seatbelts in these things. I just, yeah. I understand the safety hazards, but I did drive in a golf cart once that didn't have a limiter and you guys, it did like close to 40 miles an hour. Like they will wow. get up and go. That goes. That doesn't feel like safe, but uh, yeah. I guess. But it feels fun. Whatever. If you're paying a hundred dollars, you might as well crash. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I want to golf, and I would also like go kart speeds out here, please. Well, I think we can all be in agreement here is that trucks probably shouldn't have limiters, at least to you know sixty miles per hour. That that shouldn't be a case. That seems to be the consensus across a lot of the forums and things like that and different message boards that I've read. And, and you know, and on a serious note here, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, during the 60 seconds with Caleb, if you're going to limit the trucks, you might want to think about limited us four wheelers because we can get a little bit crazy out there on the road. And a lot of accidents that happen uh, that involve trucks are not their fault. Uh, I think the majority of them. So, yeah. It's it's usually like a four a four wheeler trying to skirt around a truck because the truck's going slower than the car is, and that's part of the reason that probably four wheelers should be limited if trucks are. I know we were talking earlier before the show about you know how we already have these things in our our cars, these computers that limit certain things that we don't even think about that take care of things like that. So it wouldn't be that hard to move in that direction, and I think it could prevent a lot of accidents. It could be really positive, but again, I think that the speed limits shouldn't be as low as they're thinking about for those trucks. For sure. One more thing that doesn't need a limiter, another hill that I'm going to die on today. Uh, all-you-can-eat buffets. You put it in the name, all-you-can-eat, and I brought all this Tupperware with me, and you're not going to let me fill it up. I could still eat that. I just don't want to eat it here. So all-you-can-eat, <laughs> I fall within that category. I don't my, know. my grandpa always goes to, like, the pizza ranch or some buffet, and he's like, can I get a box, please? Because that's just his, that's his favorite thing to do. And it's funny that you said that because I was going to say the amount of food that my stomach can hold shouldn't be limited. So There you please, go. Stomach, listen to me. <laughs> also a dangerous one. It is. It can be dangerous. It is. Oh, uh, yes. Another dangerous one is the amount of sexiness that I exert. I don't know if that should be limited or not. I, I couldn't tell you. Which brings me to my next point. This podcast needs a limit, and we're going to wrap it up now that Caleb's all full of confidence. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today on Unplugged OTR. Once again, say hi.chat slash OTR if you want to tell Caleb how sexy you really think he is. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Unplugged OTR. Remember to tell us your stories at sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Again, that's sayhi.chat forward slash OTR. Or find us on social media channels. If you want to hear more about driving jobs at H&M, find them at hmtrucking.com or on Facebook. Tune in next time and keep the shiny side up, drivers.